Hello, my name is Jordan Tardo, and I'm the lead pastor at Experience Church. I'd like to take a moment and just say thank you so much for tuning in to our podcast today. I hope this message blesses you. I hope it encourages you. I hope it strengthens you for what God has called you to today. Well, we've been in a series called Follow Me, and really what we've been doing is taking thoughts or phrases that the world says for us to follow, and we've kind of been uh, looking at the scripture and how Jesus uh, calls for us to live. Uh, we talked the first week about follow, how the world says to follow your heart. Uh, last week, we talked about the, the, the phrase follow the money and the, the pursuit of money, and then this week, uh, I want to talk to you about a topic that the world says we should follow, and that is follow your dreams. Follow your dreams. Uh, We get our texts for the scripture for the whole month. It's been Luke chapter 9 and verse 23. And Jesus says, he says, this is he. He said to them, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves, take up their cross daily and follow me. Must deny themselves. They want to be my disciples. They must deny themselves. They must take up their cross and they must follow me. And so this is where we get our text. Jesus, all throughout the scripture, he's, he's, he's talking to his disciples and he calls them to follow him. And he gives us a glimpse of what that looks like right here. And it's that we must take up our cross and we must die daily. And we must deny ourselves daily and follow him. And it's interesting because I love that he says here that if you want to be my disciple, not just a believer, the Bible says that even demons believe in Jesus. It's not just about believing in Jesus. It's about being a disciple for Jesus. How do we do that? By denying ourselves, taking up, taking up our cross, and following him daily. So I want to talk to you about that, how the world tells us that we should follow our dreams. And I want to read it to you in the scripture and what the Bible says about that. In Jeremiah chapter 29 and verse 11, it says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope in a future. Isn't it interesting here, the Bible doesn't say, for you know the plans that you have for you, that your plans will prosper you, and your plans will, will give you a hope in your future. The Bible says here, Jesus, the, God says that I know, he knows the plans that he has for us. He knows the plans that will help us to prosper, that will give us a hope and a future. Oftentimes, we as in our nature and human nature, we want to follow our own desires and our own dreams. But here we see that God desires for us to follow his plan. In Proverbs chapter 16, verse 3, it says, commit to the Lord whatever you do, and he will establish your plans. And everything that you do, commit it to the Lord, and then he will establish your plans. Proverbs chapter 3 and verse 5, it says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. Great scripture. We all know it, but it doesn't stop there in verse 6. And then it says, and in all your ways, submit to him and he will make your path straight. In all your ways, lean on him. Yes, but in all your ways, give it to him and then he will make our way, our path He'll make it straight for us and where and what we are called to do. And so we know that God has a plan for us, but oftentimes our own dreams can get in the way with that. And it doesn't mean that all dreams are bad. That's not what I'm saying. I'm not saying that the dreams in your heart are not of God. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is we should be a people that are not first pursuing our dreams but or following our dreams. We should be first following God's voice in our lives following the voice of God in our lives. And I want to talk to you about that today from the scripture in Luke chapter 5, starting in verse 1. It says, One day as Jesus was preaching on the shore of the Sea of Galilee, great crowds pressed in on him to listen to the word of God. 
He noticed two empty boats at the water's edge for the fishermen had left them and were washing their nets. Stepping into one of the boats, Jesus asked Simon, its owner, to push it out into the water. So he sat in the boat and talked to the crowd, and talked with the crowd, and when he finished speaking, he said to Simon, "Now go out where it is deeper and let down your nets to catch some fish." Master Simon replied, "We worked hard all night and we didn't catch a thing, but if you say so, I'll let down the nets again." And this time their nets were so full of fish that they began to tear. A shout for help brought their partners in the other boat, and soon both boats were filled with fish and on the verge of sinking. When Simon Peter realized what had happened, he fell to his knees before Jesus and said, Oh Lord, please leave me. I'm such a sinful man. For he was awestruck by the number of fish that they had caught, as were the others with him. His partners, James and John, the sons of Zebedee, were also amazed. Jesus replied to Simon, Don't be afraid. From now on, you'll be fishing for people, and as soon as they landed, they left everything and followed Jesus. Peter, James, and John, and these other men, they were men who were, had the desire, they had the dream of being fishermen. They had the dream to be successful in fishing, and Jesus comes along, and they had been fishing all night, and Jesus comes along, and he's preaching, and disciples are washing their nets, and Jesus tells Peter, hey, push me out on the boat, and they pushes him out a little bit, he teaches, when he finishes teaching, Jesus tells Peter, hey, I need you to go out, and I need you to go throw some nets out again. Peter says, listen, Lord, we just tried that. It didn't work. There are no fish there, but if you say so, I'll do it. Peter and the disciples run out. They, 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 go, they throw the nets down. As they throw the nets down, the Bible says that there are so many fish in their net that their nets begin to tear. They say that they call their friends. The Bible says they call their friends, and their friends come, and they catch so many fish that both boats are beginning to sink based on how many fish they had. The Bible says that Peter, he realizes Jesus, who he is. He begins to worship him, I honor him. He says, hey, uh, he gets on his knees and he says, I'm not worthy You're not, uh, of who you are. Jesus says, no, 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 calm down. He says, don't be afraid. Here's what's going to happen. I'm going to now make you fishers of men. You're going to be fishing for people. And then immediately as they got to shore, the Bible says that they left it all and they followed him. I want to show you from the scripture five things that I see in the scripture and how the world will say for us to follow our dreams, but really God desires for us to follow his voice. If you look at verse one of Luke chapter five, it says, one day as Jesus was preaching on the shore of the Sea of Galilee, great crowds pressed in on him to listen to the voice of God. In verse two, it says, he noticed two empty boats at the water's edge for the fishermen had left them and were washing their nets. Jesus is preaching. He's teaching, the Bible says, the word of God in such a way that crowds are pushing towards Jesus. So much so that it's actually pushing Jesus off of the shore and into the water. He sees these boats. He says, Simon, let me get in your boat. He gets in the boat. Simon pushes him off. And he's, now he's not even on the shore. And he's preaching to this large crowd of people. And isn't it interesting that everybody's listening? everybody's paying attention, everybody's on the edge of their seat, and Simon Peter, right here, and the disciples, before they were disciples, he says, they were there, and they were washing their nets. Everybody was listening, except for Peter, and James, and John. Everybody was wanting to hear God's voice, except for Peter, James, and John. They were washing their nets. They were laboring to try to get the things that they needed to get done. And they were working. And here's what happens. They were laboring so much so that they, were, they missed hearing God's voice. And this is what our dreams will do. Our dreams, we follow our own dreams. It'll cause us to labor so much so that we won't even stop to listen 
to God's voice. That's why I wrote this as a thought, as my first point, listening over laboring. Listening over laboring. laboring. We should be a people that want to stop and hear his voice. Can I ask you this? The very dream that you have in your heart. Have you stopped and listened for God's voice about that dream? That promotion that you want, that job that you want, that education that you want, that, that, that retirement that you want. All those things are great. None of those things are bad. But is it, is it what God wants for you in this moment, in this season? Is it what he's asking of you to labor over? Because we can miss God's voice because we're so busy just working and trying to make that, that money so we can retire and get that education so we can get our, our career going or so we can, get, we can date, so we can get married and have children. And we can labor and labor and labor and labor because we think this is what we want. It's the dream of what the world tells us we should dream about. And yet we could be missing what God is saying because we're so busy laboring. Is it what God wants or is it what you want? Because I'll tell you this, if it's what we want, we all know it'll lead to a place of regret. It'll lead to a place of where we miss out on things. We see it all the time. People work so much so that they miss out on raising their children. Some of, it is, some of us, it's happened to us where you have a parent, a, fa- a family member that labors so much so to try to make money that they miss out on parenting. It could be that you miss out on your marriage. It could be that you miss out on going to church and growing in your relationship with God or you miss out on joining a small group. And I know everybody's busy. Hear me. I know everybody's busy. But let us not get so busy that we don't take time to hear the voice of God because the voice of God should be the source of how we live our lives. The source of our life, not just, oh, well, we're in, we need an emergency. We need to ask God. No. Am I stopping and saying, okay, I want to hear God's voice? This is what they were doing. They were so full of trying to figure out the situation, what was going on. They were laboring. They were missing. And everybody else around them was listening. And they were laboring. We must be people that take time to listen. I wrote this down that I, I believe God doesn't have a speaking problem, but we have a hearing problem. We don't, God doesn't have a speaking problem. He is a God that speaks. But are we taking time to listen? In Proverbs chapter 3 and verse 6, it says, Listen for God's voice in everything that you do, everywhere that you go. He's the one who will keep you on track. Listen to God's voice in everything you do and everywhere you go. It doesn't say, listen to God's voice when it's a super spiritual thing. It doesn't say, listen to God's voice when you're on the way to church. Y'all know how it is. We ain't been praying all week and we ain't read the Bible all week. We get to church, the wife's yelling at you or the husband's yelling at you and you're like getting all frustrated. And you're like, okay, we gotta get ready. And you're like, okay, Lord, we love you. And we gotta get in the mood for the presence of God. No, are we taking time and everywhere we go on our way to our job, are you taking time to listen to God's voice for your day? Oh, I just have a normal job. I just, I just go to work nine to five and it's just, it's the same thing over and over. That's great. It could be the same thing over and over, but God still wants to speak to us in those moments and about those situations. It's so important that we would take moments where we allow ourselves to hear God's voice. And here's what happens when we're laboring for something that we have a dream in our hearts. It can cause us to almost ignore the voice of God because we're just so caught up in being busy in the desires of our heart. And God wants us to stop and take moments and say, no, as I walk through my, everything that I do, as I walk through my life, everywhere that I go, as I walk through my life, Lord, I want to hear your voice about this situation. I want to hear your voice about this relationship. 
I want to hear your voice about this job. I want to hear your voice about this move. I want to hear your voice about this, per, this, this situation in my, my relationship. But whatever it may be, God, I want to hear your voice. Why? Because as we hear his voice, the Bible says right here in John chapter 10 and verse 27, my sheep listen to my voice and I know them and they will follow me. We are unable, hear me, we are unable to follow Jesus the way that God has called us to follow him. And I believe the way that we desire to follow him, if we call ourselves Christians, we are unable to follow him correctly if we are not hearing his voice for ourselves. It's great to hear God's voice from a pastor. It's great to hear God's voice from a podcast. It's great to hear God's voice from from a small group. But it comes a point where we also must hear God's voice for ourselves. Why? Because the pastor's not always there. The small group leader's not always there. The podcast isn't always lit. We have to make sure that we're taking time to hear God's voice for ourselves. When in your day, hear me, if we're really going to say we're disciples of Jesus, when in your day are you taking time to hear his voice? Because his sheep They know his voice, and they follow his voice, listening over laboring. Luke chapter 5 and verse 4, it says, When you had finished speaking, he said to Simon, Now go out where it is deeper and let down your nets and catch some fish. fish." Master, Simon replied, We worked hard all night and didn't catch a thing. But if you say so, I'll let the nets down. Jesus says, I want you to go cast cast the net. And Peter says, Jesus, Jesus, hold up a second. Let me, let me just tell you something. Literally all night long, we've been out there and we have not caught a thing. We are tired. We are worn out. It's not going to happen. There are no fish. But then Peter goes from that to the next very next voice. He says, but if you say so, if you say it, I'll do it. What an incredible heart that Simon Peter had here where he didn't allow his experience to be what led him or to what he followed, but he allowed God's voice to be what, what led him and what he followed. And this is why it's important for us. I wrote this down. It's important that we understand expectation over experience. Expectation over experience. Jesus, if you said it, it's going to happen. Not what I've experienced. Well, I've been praying for this for years. You don't understand. I've been praying and God hasn't answered. And so now here's what happens. Through the expectation of what we think we've seen in the past, now we bring it into the present. And so now we think that's just who God is. No, God is a God. If he said he's a miracle worker, he's a miracle worker. If he said he's a healer, he's a healer. If he said he's a provider, he's a provider. If he said he's one that will bring the relationship into your life, he'll bring it at the right time here's what we have to do we have to say okay it's not based on what I've experienced but God it's on my expectation my faith in who you are in my life and from that now God when you speak I want to hear you but then once I hear you I want to now God I want to have this expectation that you're going to actually come through for me it's not just some just just some some words that just come across no God I heard your voice now I'm standing on your word because I know God your word will always come true It'll always come to pass. And there's this expectation that I had, this faith that I had, had that's built on his word. And people say, well, I, I, I want to hear his voice. And I want to have faith in his word. And I want to have faith in his voice. So how do, I hear, how do I hear his voice? I don't know how to hear his voice. And that's totally fine. But I tell people all the time that one of the greatest ways to hear God's voice is through studying and reading his word. We should be, if we call ourselves disciples, hear me. 
if we call ourselves believers, we should be people that are studiers of the word. We never get too spiritually mature to stop studying the word. I'll say it this way. We should never get so spiritually mature or we think we're spiritually mature that we stop studying the word. Why? Because that shows us that we're spiritually immature. Why? Because we stop desiring to hear his voice. The word is not just a book. The world says it's just this irrelevant book that was written many years ago. No, it is literally the life and the breath of God. It's the voice of God. And so it gives us all the answers that we need for our lives. But we must be people that take time to study his word. Why? Because we desire to hear his voice. Why? Because when we hear his voice, now we can stand on his voice and build our faith and know and have expectation that if he said it, he's going to do it. Studiers of the word. It's important that we do this. And here's the thing about the word of God. People say, oh, well, how do I know it's the word of God? I always say, how do I know it's the voice of God? I always say, does it line up with the word of God? Does it line up with what you're hearing? Does it line up with what God's saying in his word? Because here's what I know. God's voice will never contradict God's word. God's voice will never contradict God's word. And so if it lines up with his word, it's him. If it doesn't line up with his word, you, you can get into a place where you feel like, you know what, I'm not going to get what God has asked me to get, or what I feel like I should have, or I, you start to feel down on yourself, you start to have insecurity. Okay, well, I think this is the way that I am. Okay, then look in the scripture. Is that who it's God says you are? No, the Bible says that you're a son or a daughter of, of God. So, that's, so now I know. Okay, those thoughts and those feelings of insecurity does not line up with God. That's not his voice. I need to hear his voice. I'm a son or a daughter. And I stand on that, and I stand on the blessings and the benefits of that. It's so important that we would understand that, that no, no, ever, not ever does God's voice contradict God's word. And we can't take God's word out of context. We can oftentimes, in human nature, we want the word to fit our lifestyle instead of our lifestyle fitting the word. We want to change the word or mold the word of God, the voice of God, into our lifestyle so that it feels like what we're doing is okay, to justify why we're doing what we're doing. And you can take scripture out of context. Like, what do you mean? How, how can you take scripture out of the context? It's the word of God. Perfect example. Satan, he tempted Jesus three different times in the wilderness. We all probably know the story in the scripture. If you don't, G Satan tempted Jesus three times, and all three temptations were with scripture. All three temptations that Satan used were, were Bible verses to try to twist the Bible verse to get Jesus to believe something that wasn't true. And Jesus contradicted that and said and came against that with other scripture to show him that's not what the Bible says or meant. When we're studying the word, don't look for a scripture that fits your lifestyle. That's us using our opinions or our thought processes or, on what we think it should be to justify why we feel what we feel. No, I would tell you, re read the whole chapter. Read a few of the chapters. Find out why it's saying it the way it's saying. Don't just pull one scripture out and say, oh, yep, that's me. Praise God. That's, that's what I'm going to do. No. Read the scripture in the context of what the scripture means because then you're able to take it and you're able to walk with it and, and stand on it and see God move in your life through his voice. It's important that we understand this. We can't allow ourselves to use our opinions or our, our, our thought processes or our issues to, to cause us to contradict, I say contradict, to cause us to, to manipulate the word of God. No, we want to keep it in context because we know that is where life and hope and joy is. Amen.
Luke chapter 6 and verse 6, it says, At this time their nets were so full of fish that they began to tear. A shout for help brought their partners to the other boat. And soon both boats were filled with fish on the verge of sinking. When Simon Peter realized what was happening, he fell to his knees before Jesus and said, Oh Lord, please leave me. I'm such a sinful man. For he was awestruck by the number of fish that they had caught as were the others that were with him. It's interesting here that they throw the nets out. As they throw the nets out, this great, incredible amount of fish are in their nets to the point of where the nets start to tear. Now, oftentimes, as humans, when we receive a blessing like this, a gift like this, oftentimes we say, look what I've done. Look how successful I have been. Look how good I am at dot, 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 dot. And it can cause us to, to have this thought of we start to feel important or, or because of our success or because of something that's happening. But I love what they did. They didn't say, look at all of this, keep it all for myself. Let's be greedy and try to drag it in. No, they said, let me call our, our, the other boat. Call them over because we need help. Why? Because our boat is tearing. They weren't trying to carry all the weight themselves. Why? Because they knew what they were given was not necessarily what they did, but it was, also, it was what God did. And here's the difference. When we're Pursuing our own dreams, what can happen is it can cause us to make us feel like we have this success when we get to these, these, these moments of where we feel like we've done something that we want to do. When instead it should be, no, God has blessed me with what he's given me. And so it shows us that we should be good stewards over self-importance. Stewardship over self-importance. When we're following his voice, we should be people that desire to be stewards and good stewards of what he's given us. Everything we have, hear me. Everything we have is a gift. Everything that you've been given is a gift. Your marriage, it's a gift. We can get so caught up in, it's just, well, we've been living together and married for so long that it's just, they're just my wife, or they're just my husband. No, there are gifts from God. Are you stewarding that relationship the way God has called you to steward them? The finances that you have, the education and the process and the school and the time that you're in, that whatever it is in your life that you have, that's what God has given us and he desires for us to be good stewards of it. Why? Because it's not ours, it's his. And so we want to make sure that when he's blessed us with something, whatever that may be, I'm not just talking about money, whatever it is that he's given us, that now we can be good stewards of it, meaning we want to take care of this and we want to make sure we're honoring God and managing it well. Why? Because we know the Bible says if you're faithful with little, you'll be faithful with more. And so we want to make sure that we're stewarding whatever it is that he's giving us. Well, I love that the disciples, they saw that the nets were tearing. Isn't it interesting that oftentimes as humans, if we start to carry the weight of success on our own or the responsibility of being successful on our own, things in our lives often begin to tear. Relationships, Family members, things start to happen emotionally in our soul. Things start to tear, and we don't know why. It's because we've been carrying this weight that we never meant were meant to carry. In fact, we were meant to just follow Jesus, not ever carry a weight. The Bible says that Jesus says that my yoke is easy and my burden is light, but yet we carry the weight of the responsibility of trying to be successful because that's what the world tells us to do. But what we should be doing is following him and stewarding what he's given us well. 
It doesn't mean that you shouldn't want a promotion. That's not what I'm saying. It doesn't mean that you shouldn't want to, to have a great relationship. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is with what we have, are we stewarding well? Are we stewarding what God has given us? Because everything that we've been given, everything that we have is a gift. Could it be? Could it be that God cares more about how we how we handle what he's given us more than how much he's given us. Could it be, could it be that God cares more about how we handle what he's given us than he does how much he's given us? Human nature is the complete opposite. Human nature, we care about how much we have and making ourselves feel like we have enough and he brings us importance in our lives and here's what happens. Then from that, it becomes an identity in what we do and then from what we do, that's who we are. No, that has nothing to do with what we are. We are sons and daughters. That's where our identity comes from, our sons and daughters of God. And so from that, now we steward what he gives us because we know that he cares more about how we handle what he gives us than he does how much he gives us. I want to encourage you. You may be pursuing something that you feel like or think is what success is. It may be a certain amount of money for retirement. It may be a second home. It may be a first home. It may be a car. It may be a nicer car. It may be a relationship. It may be a marriage. It may be children. It may be more children. It may, it, I don't know what it is, but I do know this. That we should be less concerned about how much and we should be more concerned about how we're handling what we have. This is what it's all about when we talk about following Jesus. He's not trying to get us 10 years down the road. He's 10 years down the road. In fact, Jesus says, don't even worry about tomorrow. He doesn't even say, don't worry about next year. He says, don't worry about tomorrow. That's like 12 hours from now, 13 hours and a half from now. He says, don't worry about that. He says, I want you to worry about today's worries. I want you to manage what you have. Because how you manage what you have is what tomorrow will look like. It's so important that we understand this because the world will tell us to chase and pursue these dreams in the future. And God says, manage today. Luke chapter 5 and verse 10, it says his partners, James and John, the sons of Zebedee, were amazed. And Jesus replied to Simon, don't be afraid. From now on, you'll be fishing for people. You'll be fishing for people. I put, it's his way over our way. It's his way over our way. Isn't it interesting that Jesus doesn't say, okay, now I'm gonna make you do dot, 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 dot. It has nothing to do with fishing. Isn't it interesting that Jesus actually says, I'm gonna make you fishing, I'm gonna have you now fishing for people. He was gonna use the same skills that Peter and James and John and the other disciples had. He was gonna use the same skills for a different purpose. And so oftentimes as believers, as humans, as disciples, here's what happens. We think our gifts are for us and for what we need to be successful when God may want to use those very skills for a totally different purpose. But if we're not stopping and listening to his voice, we'll pursue something that we think is what we need and what we want, and it's completely off. His way over our way. And sometimes God wants us to the scripture said it in Luke chapter 9, verse 23, that we deny ourselves and we take up our cross. Sometimes it's denying our dreams. It's laying our dreams down for God. 
I've seen it so many times where people lay their dreams. They fight over what they want and fight over what they want. Finally, they give it to God. And five or six months, a year later, then what happens is God ends up blessing them with that very dream that they had. But God first wanted them to lay it down. Why? And deny it. Why? Because he wants to always make sure that we're following his voice, not our own. We're following his way, not our own. It's so important that we understand that we would be people that are willing to say, okay, God, I had this plan. I have this agenda. I have these goals. And goals are great. I'm not saying don't have goals. But I'm saying what does God say about those goals? It's, a, it's great to have a plan. But ask God about that plan. Is it God's voice? Don't hold on to your plan so tight that you think it's the only way. No. Ask God. God, as I dream about this, as I'm following this, as I'm chasing this, as I'm thinking about this, God, is this your way or is this my way? Because if it's my way, I don't want it. God, if it's your way, God, I want to chase it and pursue it because I know, I know that you will bless me through it. It's his way over our way. Very quickly as we close today, Luke chapter 5 and verse 11. It says, and soon as they landed, they left everything and follow Jesus. As soon as they landed, they left everything and they followed Jesus. You have to go with me with the, in the story here. So interesting. These men were fishermen. These men made money, made a living, survived because of fish. They catch the load of their life. I highly doubt that they ever before this caught a amount of fish like this to where they had two boats full and were sinking because of the weight of how many fish they caught. The, the catch of their life, here's what we would have done. Woo! Praise Jesus. I'm rich. I'm going to retire. I got enough money. You know, it's almost like if somebody won the lot. I got enough money now. I can just retire. I'll just travel. Woo! Praise God. He's the one that said to do it. He blessed me. He gave it to me. He must want me to just sit back somewhere on a beach and drink drinks with umbrellas on them. Come on, somebody. Woo, praise Jesus. He's so good. And somebody's on a beach with you like, why are you here? Because God's good. Hashtag blessed. Come on, somebody. You, you Instagramming from somewhere in Fiji. And you got a Fiji water in Fiji. Hashtag blessed. Come on, somebody. This is what we would have done. But isn't it interesting? The disciples do some, and they weren't disciples yet. They do one of the craziest things you could ever do. They left it. Doesn't say they claimed them. Doesn't say, hold up, Jesus, listen to me. Let me tell you something, Jesus. This could really serve the kingdom really well. This is a lot of money, Jesus. It doesn't say they told Jesus, hold up, let me clean the fish, then I'm gonna take it to the market and let me sell the fish. No, it says they left it all. They let it go, literally everything. As soon as they got to shore. And follow Jesus. Why? Because oftentimes what we think success is, oftentimes the dream in our life, if we can be really honest with ourselves, a dream in our heart, in our mind has something to do with success. If we have a dream, oh, I, want, I have enough, I, I dream to have enough money to retire. I have a dream, I want to get married one day. I have a dream, I want to I I have a, 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 a nice house one day. I have a dream, I want to, we have these dreams and it oftentimes has to do with the future and success in the future. But could it be that the disciples here, the, these men, these ones that chose to follow Jesus and give everything up, could it be that they realized that the dream was not a blessing, but it was obedience? 
Obedience over blessing. Oftentimes, our dreams are about being blessed in something one day. Could it be that God instead is wanting us to just be people that are so in love with him and following him that the dream is just following in obedience to his voice? Could it be, if you call yourself a Christian, a believer, a disciple, now, if you're not a Christian in the room, you get a free pass. Just sit and laugh at everybody because I'm going to talk to some Christians for a second. Could it be that God's heart for us as we dream about what God has for us in the future, what if we spent as much energy on dreaming about walking in obedience as we did on what we could be blessed with? Because here's what I believe these men knew. They knew if I walk in obedience to Jesus, if I choose to follow him, I know this success that I have in this moment, oh my goodness, it's good. And I'll have people coming and talking to me and I may do some articles and people may be following me and I may get 100,000 followers. I may get a million followers because all the fish I caught and I could tell my story, I might write a book, I might be success for life, I might have retirement, I might be good. But here's what they knew, I believe. They knew that this moment success meant nothing in comparison as far as in life as walking in obedience to Jesus and following him they said I know I believe it I know it I believe it with all my heart they knew that if I follow this man the success that I think that I want will not even come close to the joy and the peace and the love and the purpose and what I know I'll find in Christ I want to challenge you if you're a Christian in the room. I want to challenge you if you're a Christian online. We, might, we have to be a people that get back to the very basics of Christianity. And that is following his voice. Not following what we want. Oh my goodness, we have allowed culture to get into Christianity. And we think that now Christianity is about following God because he's going to give me what I want. No! It's about us laying down our lives, denying ourselves, and following him in obedience where we say, God, it doesn't matter if I'm blessed or not. I'm choosing to walk in obedience to you. Why? Because I know in obedience to you, your ways are always going to be better than my ways. So I may have less money, but I know I'm going to have more joy. I may have less friends, but I know I'm going to have more peace. I may have less less with finances and situations and all the things that I may want in my life, but I know I'm going to have more love and have more hope. Why? Because God, your ways are higher than my ways. You're new here. You like this dude yells a lot. Yep, sure do. Why? Because we got to get back to the basics of following him. We've allowed the culture to distort his voice and his word too much in our lives where we allowed our feelings and we've allowed our thoughts to be the thing that guides us when God is wanting us to get back to shutting all that stuff off and say, God, what is it that you want? Because what I want is to follow you with obedience. Let us be a church. I'm closing because I got another service. Otherwise, you'd be stuck here. Feel bad for the 11 o'clock. Let us be a church that desires to hear his voice. But not just stop at hearing his voice.
Let us be a people that desire to hear his voice and then walk in obedience to what he's asking of us. It may be tough. He may ask you to lay down some friendships. He may ask you to, if you're dating someone, he may ask you to lay down that relationship. He may ask you to lay down that dream of that job and that position. He may ask you to lay down the pursuit of that promotion. I don't know what it is, but I do know this. When we hear his voice and we walk in obedience, I promise you, your life will be filled with joy. Your life will be filled with peace. Your life will be filled with love. And your life will be filled with purpose. We have to lay aside the dreams. I never once in my life, many of you know my story and Ashley's story. I never once was laying in my bed and said, man, I can't wait. I can't wait. I'm dreaming about the day where I live in Tallahassee. I never dreamed about it. I never sat there and thought, oh, Ashley, oh, can you wait to one day get to Tallahassee? <laughs> In fact, we lived where people called Tallahassee, Tallahassee. Yeah, yeah, they did. And you do too. Shame on you. You live here. <laughs> I got to close. Stop. I never once dreamed, actually, we never once dreamed of living in Tallahassee. But isn't it interesting that God called us here? We heard his voice. Hear me. Just two seconds. We heard his voice, and then we followed his voice. And now you can ask Ashley or I away from each other, not even sitting next to each other. And you can ask us, and we would both tell you the same thing. We could never imagine living in a place that we love more than Tallahassee. We love this place. You may not. Too bad. We do. You may think it's Tallahassee. I think it's Tallahassee awesome. I don't know what you want to call it, but it's all, here's what, why? Why, 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 why? Because when you follow his voice, most of the time, it won't look like the way you want it to. But all of the time, you will find yourself walking in a joy that you never find walking on your own plan and your own path and your own dreams. Lay it aside. Hear his voice and obey his voice because when you do, I believe this is what marks us as true followers of Jesus. Amen. Can we pray today? Father, I thank you.